Welcome to This Week in Photo. Bandwidth for this podcast is brought to you by CashFly at C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com. This episode is brought to you by Shutterstock.com with over 26 million high-quality stock photos, illustrations, vectors, and video clips. Shutterstock helps you take your creative projects to the next level. For 30% off your new account, go to Shutterstock.com and use the offer code TWIP6. This week on TWIP, Apple announces an updated iOS photo app, plus some hardware refreshes at their Worldwide Developers Conference, plus the commoditization of selling prints, and our listener Q&A and Picks of the Week, plus at the end of the show, an interview with iFi co-founder Ziv Galat. It's Wednesday, June 12, 2013, and this is TWIP. Welcome back to TWIP. I am your host, Frederick Van Johnson. Joining me to discuss the hot topics of this week and a bunch more stuff are Charlie McPherson and Miss Sarah France. Hey, guys. Hi. Hey, hey. Hey. All right, Charlie, I think you have the honor of being the one that hasn't been on the show in a while, so I'll let you go first. What have you been up to in the world of photography and otherwise? Wow. Well, let's see. Um, August is coming up, and that's, um, that's a big month for me. Mm-hmm. For wildlife, uh, yeah, doing the polar bear tour, and um, I'm going to arrive five days early, and I'm going to do a test run for a tour I'll have on the menu for next year, where I drive from Fairbanks, Alaska, mm-hmm. about uh, liter- literally 500 miles north on a gravel road, and uh, all the way up to Dead Horse, and then um, out to Prudhoe Bay, and then we'll kind of go up and over the Brooks Range and um, out onto the tundra and. Look at all the beautiful scenery. And, and how long wild. How long do you stay out there when you're out there? Well, there will be three overnights. Okay. So um, it's going to be a good four-day driving tour. So that's, um, I, I can't wait. And then, of course, up in the, I go to a little Eskimo village called Kaktovik, which is, um, <laughs> just for fun, uh, Google zip code 99747. Mm-hmm. And that's that's a little island in the Beaufort Sea where we go shoot polar bears for four days in August. That's a lot of fun. Cool. And I'm going to stay one day late and do a photography class for all the uh, Eskimo kids in Kaktovik. Wow. Cool. And then uh, the weekend after this coming one, this is June 28 to 30, I'm going to exhibit at the Camera to Camera Expo in Vegas. In beautiful Las Vegas, your favorite place yeah, on earth, my, right? My favorite place on earth. <laughs> um, you might want to put the website in the uh, the show notes. It's camera the number two camera expo. Camera and are you you attending? Are you doing a workshop, a seminar? What what's the? I'm exhibiting, and I'm going to do lectures twice. One on Saturday, one on Sunday, and those will be on wildlife photography, which that really is my favorite thing to do. So. Mm-hmm. Very much looking forward to that. All right. So. Well, we'll link to all that in the notes for this. And um, yeah, good. Congratulations. Yeah. Cool stuff. All right. And the other voice that you may have heard giggling back there is Miss <laughs> Sarah France. Hey, Sarah, how you doing? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing great. I am doing great. So what's going on in your world? You're always bouncing around the United States or the world <laughs> or something. Let me. Where was the last thing, last place that you visited? Um, I, ju- I actually just got back from Salt Lake City, Utah. Told you. I knew it. <laughs> yeah, I did a wedding out there, which was amazing. Oh, my gosh, so beautiful. It's gorgeous this time of year and really good weather, too. So that was really nice. And then I'm heading to Texas 
tomorrow for a wedding out there. Wow. I love that. I you like the rock star. Do you like when you get off your private plane, do you walk in slow motion like with your <laughs> entourage around you, oh, yes. your, your, your Canon camera off to your side? <laughs> <laughs> yes, by all means. It, a rock star would actually be going to like someplace exotic. I'm going to Texas. Did you not hear? The <laughs> Uh-oh. That's a pretty big state. It, you're, you're offending all Texans <laughs> oh, now. Oh, I'm sorry. I just mean like somewhere <laughs> And you're flying there European tomorrow or... as you offend them. I love it. I know, right? They're going to meet me at the airport. They're like, what was that airline? Not yeah. telling you. Well, this will, this <laughs> podcast will air long after you've touched down. Oh, so perfect. You're okay. Excellent. You're okay. <laughs> cool. So, so weddings, weddings, weddings for you. Any new gear in your, added to your bag? Actually, I've been adding a lot of gear to my bag um, just because this year I decided to refresh all of my lenses. Um, we, I have a new photographer who's working, who's working with me and she wanted um, to buy new gear or, or to buy used gear. So I'm, I'm basically selling her all of my gear and getting all new gear. And I've discovered that like the new lenses are amazing. <laughs> like having a new, you know, I've had the 85 1.2 for I don't want to say how many years. I think probably, you know, eight years, maybe. Wow. And um, I've had that exact lens, and I'm getting a new one. It's coming in the mail from Adorama in a couple of days, and I'm like so amped. But I got a new 70-200. I got a new um, 24, which is amazing. Uh, I've got a new 35 coming, and we're just going to – and, you know, the Mark Three and everything. So I'm super stoked. And I got the 600 – the EX 600s. And, oh my gosh, they're wow. amazing. I know I'm kind of spoiled this year for sure. It's <laughs> but but lenses lenses will last you forever, right? So you'll... yeah. Well, I mean, I had the last ones for like eight years, and I'm still able to like give carry them on in my business. You know, just under so you another gave it away, Sarah. You said eight years, and now people can... dang it. <laughs> <laughs> now they know. Um... You meant two years. You meant two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that's really exciting. Um, so that and we're doing a ton of renovations to the studio right now so if you hear a hammer in the background every once in a while just ignore that (laughs) don't worry about it i asked them to keep it down but we're literally having the house exterior repainted interior repainted all the floors redone so it's a huge construction zone where i am right now but um it's it's the molting process you got to grow into a bigger a bigger animal now that's great yeah so we're excited, pa- picking paint colors and all that kind of fun stuff. Congratulations. Cool. Thanks. All right. And quickly on my updates, um, we were running a, a transporter contest for that little device that's kind of your own personal Dropbox. And we have a winner. I just picked the winner, the, or actually the Rafflecopter engine picked the winner for us. And it came up with Todd Weber. Todd Weber is the winner of this week's or this month's transporter contest. So congratulations, Todd. We'll be in touch Woo-hoo. with you. Yeah, we'll be in touch with Todd via email and uh, let him know how he can claim his winning. All right. And also, we want to remind folks that um, on our on our blog on this, this episode and the previous episode, and hopefully ongoing, um, we're going to be linking to the EFF, EFF.org. And basically, it's uh, they're staffing up to fight the some patent trolls <clears throat> that are trying to take over the podcasting patents, or they own the patents, so they're trying to crush podcasters. And unfortunately, we fit in that uh, in that genre of podcasters. So mm-hmm. definitely check that out and do what they say on the list. If there's something you can do to help, I think they're they're asking for donations or 
the if you can prove prior art, that kind of thing. So just definitely check it out and uh, and help out. Or don't complain later when, <laughs> when there are no podcasts available. All right, guys, let's jump into the news. The first story that I want to talk about, um, because this is This Week in Photo, something big happened this week. What was it? WWDC, <laughs> Apple's Worldwide Developers Conference, where they announced a new version of the iOS. They're up to version 7 now. And in there, there's a new Photos app, plus they announced two little things, a new Mac Pro. Sarah, I know you saw that. Mm-hmm. A new Mac I'm Pro so and, and, oh updated, and an updated MacBook Air, among other things. So it was a pretty big release for Apple. And uh, if you get a chance, if you own an Apple TV, uh, another tip is if you launch it, I think it's still on there, but they had... they. On the front screen of your Apple TV, they put a button where you could watch Apple's keynote and the the release of all these new products. So definitely check that out. So, guys, before we jump into this, I want to I'm going to run down the features of the new photos app that will be present on everyone's phone or everyone with an iPhone that's upgraded to iOS 7. Um, first is it lets you pick a square aspect ratio now and add filters. So some Instagram seasoning added into the camera app natively. It includes, um, what they're calling moments, which is kind of an auto organization feature that puts the, the photos that you shoot into logical events based on date and GPS location, that sort of thing. They've got this, their airdrop technology built into it. And during the keynote, they were sort of knocking, the idea of bumping your phone to transfer files to someone else. Um, with the airdrop technology, you're supposed to be able to just find someone that's within proximity of you and send them files directly. And then um, some enhancements to iCloud, like being able to share photos with other people's photo streams and other people can share into your streams directly so people can populate photos into your photo stream. So that's the photo stuff. You can go check the blog for... Um, you know, for, for details, or you can check Apple site, obviously, or, or any number of technology blogs that are talking about this stuff ad nauseum. But on this show, I wanted to focus specifically on the Photos app and the two pieces of hardware and how they might impact the way we do our work. So, Charlie, I want to do it to you first. The Your your flow of, of shooting, let's start, just first get into that, because I'm pretty sure I and the listeners know about Sarah's workflow a little bit. What mm-hmm. is your general workflow? What are you using to, to sh- get your work out of the camera and wherever you're going to do with it? Well, my, my workflow really is uh, probably different than, oh, <laughs> 95% of the listeners. Uh-oh, now I really want to hear this. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I'm, I'm the guy that still uses Aperture. And oh, you're Jill, the guy. I'm oh, the guy. Okay. Yeah. Me and Jill I'm Ashford. an Aperture user. Oh, well. wow. We that have like 90% track. of the Aperture user base on the show. Today. Oh, my god! But you know what that makes Frederick. us? Don't make me come over there. Listen. <laughs> hey, they brought this on themselves. I did not. <laughs> I did not delay their, their release. What? What are we out? Four years now? <laughs> You know, let, let's just talk about that a second. Yes, let's this talk about that. This whole thing about Aperture 4, this is just such nonsense. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If the tool does what you want it to do, what does it matter what number is put after the word Aperture? That Thank sounds you, conspicuously like apologetics. I don't know. <laughs> because <laughs> because okay. you know what that sounds like, Charlie? It sounds like, listen. If the horse and buggy gets your grain to the market, what else? 
Why do you need all these engines and power windows and all that crazy stuff? Yeah, I feel like last time we got into this discussion, you were outnumbered too, which is strange because there was like, like two it. Aperture users and you again. But Sarah, you- I'm outnumbered, but yet I'm still the majority. How does that work? Because <laughs> you got your finger on the mute button. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. yes, I do, but I, I never use it. I never. I use agree it. with you, Charlie. I think you know it is just a number, and honestly, when they go from a three to a four they're gonna charge again so i kind of i like these you know small smaller i guess they would be considered releases yeah yeah incremental releases um now for market perspective of course i would love them to come out with a four so i can stop having these conversations oh, with you mostly. I don't know that they're ever going to yeah, stop. I, that's what I told them. I was like, you know what? How about we just jump? Let's just go to six or something. You yeah, know? I mean, yeah. just quiet them all you down. You know what? I, I wouldn't mind any sort of movement. Like, it's like looking at a cadaver. I want to see, show me some signs of life, you know? <laughs> the difference is, and I'll tell you, here's the difference. Uh, back in April... Aperture came out with uh, raw updates for a bunch of the Fujis, uh, X20, X100S, XE1, X-Pro1. Mm-hmm. And the reason I'm on Aperture goes back to 2009 when I had Photoshop CS3 on my Lenovo laptop. Yeah. And I went out and I bought my 5D Mark II. And I shot a job with a 40D and a 5D Mark II. I came back and CS3 couldn't read the 5D Mark II files. Well, I contacted Adobe and said, surely there's a patch for the new camera so I can use CS3. And their their response was basically, bleep you, upgrade. But they yeah, didn't yeah they that's, didn't that's unfortunate about how how uh, Adobe does things. Yeah, It is. And, and uh, that was the day I decided I'm not going to deal with companies that treat their customers like that. I went out. I bought an Apple, but that and that's hard to make that statement though when you're when you're dealing with a company as big as and as ubiquitous and as industry standard as Adobe. That's almost like you know you get mad because there's potholes on your highway that le- that's between you and your office, and you're like, you know what? I'm not taking that highway again. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm going to take surface streets, which is going to take you three well, times as long. You know, except except it doesn't take me three times as long. Yeah. The only Adobe products I use are. Um, um, what's the Acrobat, which is now called what Reader, and yeah. uh, Flash, which is you know something that sits here in the laptop. But my decision on that day was to the maximum extent possible, I am going to avoid Adobe. Okay, so that's that's you've been hurt, and you you know you're like you're blocking you're blocking Adobe's phone number. I get that. Right, okay, right, but Sarah, right, right. you know, looking at they this, look, oh looking, Sarah, looking at this from we just started dating. It no, but look, look I mean, if we look at this from the standpoint of, um, you know, let, let's just like, okay, we're, you're not Aperture, you don't love Aperture, I don't love my post-processing tools, which vary. What, how long do we have to wait? Isn't WWDC, wouldn't have been the time that you used to say, you know, hey, I know it was about iOS 7 and the hardware and all that, but this would have been a great time just to shoot up a flare to say, oh, by the way, we're working on something cool I know you disgruntled Aperture people out there, but have you, you have know, you ever the seen faith. Apple light a flare about something? Yeah, well, like, they did this time. You- they did with this new updated MacBook Mac Pro, right? That's not ready yet. It was a sneak peek. How come they can't do it for Aperture? 
Yeah, I don't know. I mean, honestly, you know, you know, you've worked with Apple. Like, it's not like I know what's totally going know, on and all. But I get stuff, to, I get to put you on the spot and make you pretend like I know. <laughs> I know, right? People think like yeah, you no, have. Let info. me just tell you what's going on. I'll give you the inside scoop. No, yeah. I, I don't. Um, I don't know when an update's coming out, and of course, I would love to see an update of all of my softwares of everything. So Aperture is no difference for sure. And I know it's definitely time. I'm not saying it's not time for sure. But I do think that they that it's easy to discount um, small, you know, like number updates when they did 3.3 was a big release. But and it was a big, you know, improvement. And they changed a lot of stuff. They could have called that for but they didn't for a reason. So So Sarah, let me ask you a question. Why yeah. do you think it's, it's time for an update? You said it's I think you said it's 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 I definitely time it's for new because, release. Well, for me, it's because of, from a marketing standpoint, I feel like everyone feels like Adobe like Lightroom is moving forward much quicker. It's literally just that. Other than that, I've, I feel like, you know, I would just love some fun new features, something I never thought would even, you know, they would even think of, whatever. I just want the latest and greatest toy always. And speed, so, right? You want, you want speed increases yeah. as well, Sarah, right? Um, yeah, I guess. I mean, we don't really have issues with speed. Um, because you're running like tandem Mac Pros maxed out with like ter- <laughs> terabytes of RAM. Pro, <laughs> one Mac Pro with terabytes of and and anything I can get my hand on. Yeah. Trust me, it's maxed out to the limit. But and this new device that we're about to talk about, I'm really excited about just because I've had and <laughs> I mean, how long has it been since they? If we're going to talk about releases, how long has it been since they released a new Mac Pro? I thought I they know. were getting rid of the thing altogether. You know what I think? You know, this is what I think. Um, the Mac Pro, which is beautiful, I think that serves as our update to Aperture. <laughs> because, oh, stop. because all you need to do is buy well, that definitely. Mac Pro, and Aperture I mean, will run faster. Well, it's awesome. I know. Well, everything's going <laughs> to run so levels. much faster. It's crazy, but don't worry. For the low, I'm low sure. price of you can update Aperture. I know the people at Aperture are always working hard on new and amazing things, yes, and I'm are. sure an update will be coming to us whenever they feel like it's necessary yes yes <laughs> whenever they darn well please is when it's going to be around whenever ios sales slow down a little bit or maybe when they speed up enough then uh, some cycles will get thrown to the aperture but i team think or... i heard sarah say this aperture is working just fine for her. it Aperture's works great working just fine for me so what? I don't really feel like I have to keep up with the Adobe's. No, it's okay. I'm just saying, but you know, I, we're I'm in Silicon Valley here, so it, it's like yes. you're only as good as your last release, and yeah. I want to see <laughs> the last release is just fine. That's so true. That's so true. I want to okay. see. You know, I'm addicted to. I mean, my phone, the apps on my phone. Every two days, I see a red number there. I have to update the apps there. How come? You know, I'm going to I'm going to act as the ho- at the as the host right now and say, you know, what? let's get back to this amazing story about WWDC, <laughs> which has so much more to talk about, because we could argue about when the next Aperture release is coming out for the next. But, five years, like so. I said, Sarah, the hardware accelerator for Aperture <laughs> is out now or it was released or announced the new Mac Pro. <laughs> I know that's what I'm excited about. So are you going to get one of those? You've seen this thing, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, so, Charlie, Charlie, have you seen the new Mac Pro? I, I actually, for the first time, now, being in Silicon Valley, you might not get this. 
But for the first time ever, I watched the video of WWDC, and I could get through about 10 minutes of it before I had to turn it off. <laughs> because you're think, not a geek, see? No, but you honestly, failed the geek test. I, I did. <laughs> I, I think if Tim Cook had walked out onto that stage, and he sat down with a glass of milk and a box of Oreo cookies, and he sat there and ate Oreos, they would applaud him wildly. Yeah, it was I mean, just come the on. most amazing thing. I'm, I'm trying so hard not to say sycophant. But the, sycophants. You could say sycophant because this okay, is... Okay, well, I just did. But listen, these the, you talk about a captive target audience, though. Come on. I mean, these are people that paid a lot of money just to be able to be there to listen to yeah. the sales pitch, right? I know. So, I, know. I mean, it's not like it was a random group of Apple <laughs> users that are random. These are no, the developer that's community. That's, <laughs> that's true, but boy, what... Oh, what a show! Honest to Pete. Yeah, yeah. Wasn't so, it? Wasn't it well put together though? Come on. It, it was. It was very well orchestrated. I did like the um, the guys with the uh, robotic cars. Yeah, who, I felt for them system because crashed. I oh, felt oh, for them because this. the cars. It was like the longest six seconds on the planet when their <laughs> demo didn't work. <laughs> okay, tell tell me you didn't chuckle. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I just like I like clinched up because I could feel the like you could hear the second hand ticking like a drum. <laughs> well, just just to bring the listeners up to date, they um, they had a, a a little bunch of robotic cars that were talking to eye devices, and the cars had artificial intelligence, and they were bobbing and weaving through each other, not- noticing their their goals and objectives and their position and speed and the mm-hmm. position and speed of all the other cars. And then the, uh, they put the fast car, the really intelligent fast car out there and the whole thing just crashed and wah, they, wah, they were just wah, vamping wah. for time. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> You're right. On, on one level, I, I kind of felt for them and you know, in my old uh, career in medical sales, it was one of our mantras, make sure your demo works. Right. Yeah. Um, or always you know. have a backup. Well, yeah. yeah. But boy, oh boy. On, on the other hand, I just. I but just the, their technology was interesting. And they, they stress that they are a robotics company, not a, not a toy slash games company. They are a robotics <laughs> okay. company. And this was a demonstration of, of the AI that if I get yeah. it right, this was a demonstration of the artificial intelligence that would be running locally on your iOS device and transmitting and controlling multiple cars wirelessly and embedding each one of those cars and receiving sensor data from those cars. So the cars knew where the other cars around it were and he could program them to block certain cars and all this and all this stuff is being controlled by the brain and and an iOS device. So, so I can see it now you're coming into into LAX and you're 787 and all of a sudden you have to reboot it. (laughs) Oh man. This will be great. Yeah. Well, our great, great, great grandkids, hopefully we'll, we'll be dealing with those bugs. (laughs) So. (laughs) So Sarah, are you, are you going to buy this new Mac pro? Are you in line for this thing? Um, yeah, I, it looks amazing and we're definitely, you know, I think everyone's going to be clamoring of it. Who's had a Mac pro and ready for an update, you know, but um, do you need it? I mean, from a, as a photographer right now, you said things are working just fine right now with your current Mac pro. Do you yeah. need this? Do you need this thing or do you just want it? Cause it's like, do I need glossy and really black and that I have? Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I have excessive amounts of speed at my fingertips is kind of, (laughs) but that's how I 
like to work. I mean, having the latest tool is just going to make us faster and more efficient. And that's um, more that's more apologetics. You just want to buy it. Come on. <laughs> I, I'm I'm looking for any reason to justify You're it. Like, you, it will make me more it? productive and faster um, and, and, and blah blah blah. You just great. want the thing. Come on. I want it. Yeah, it looks really sweet. It looks really fast, and I'm really excited. But the only the only concern, and not really a concern, but my only issue with it is the the flash storage is actually amazing and really fast and i love that but it's not expandable mm. is the only issue which is um just a shift because thunderbolt is supposed to be like so fast that right. you could actually use a thunderbolt drive like it's an internal drive so well, he that's said, just gonna did be you hear the him? Shift. he said it comes it will ship with a an external chassis for expansion oh Excellent. I mm-hmm. missed that part. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, Char- Charlie tons. had tuned out like about 60 minutes oh, yeah. before that part. <laughs> well, there's yeah. like six Thunderbolt ports in it. Yeah. I mean, holy cow. Do you, you need can- this? Do you need this yeah. thing, Charlie? Will this help your photography move to the next level if you rush out and buy this Mac Pro? So, so <laughs> I'll define this for you pretty sharply. Uh, my main computer for everything I do is a 2009 17-inch MacBook Pro. That one that I just sold on eBay. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> no, I bought it in 2009. Although I have to say, I was really frustrated because 24 hours after I got it, the i5s and i7s came out. Uh-huh. Oh. So, and But this is one of the reasons I like Apple. And I, I don't consider myself an Apple fanboy. I don't line up at the store and camp for 24 hours before I've the next. I only did that once. Once really? in oh, my life. Man. Sarah, you remember no, that way back in the day. It. When you did what? When I, I think you did it too. We were at separate Ma- or Apple stores when the iPhone oh, was first oh, released. Yeah, of course. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> I stood in line for like the first three, I think. Oh no, no, no! Wow, yeah, it was just sorry. the first yeah. one, and that was it. I mean, I'm not. That I mean, guy. I figured out a way to get it easier, but I still, you know, was there opening day. I mean, come yeah. on. Yep, yep. <laughs> so one that. of the reasons I like Apple is I talk to their their business app or their business. Um, department and they they help people who are doing business with with apple products and i said you know i'm kind of getting slow these days and they said yeah with the latest updates of aperture the intel core 2 duo is a minimum processor and we talked about what's what to upgrade to and they said and i said you know i just don't want a repeat of 24 hours after i buy it the new thing comes out and he says you know what a couple of prices just dropped on notebooks I think something new is going to be announced in the next few weeks. I would hold off. Mm-hmm. Now, where have you gone in the retail world where somebody is that honest and tells you, I think something new is coming out. Don't buy it now. Mm. That's pretty cool. Yeah. That's yeah. Cool. So, so you're, not, you're not upgrading right now since you're – or maybe it's time for you to upgrade well, since you – it's <laughs> 2009, right? <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm thinking about kind of going out into the deep end. And trying to put a solid state drive in this on my own. Oh, that's not hard. That's not. Yeah, I have no, an engineering degree, but it's the degree, processor but it's really old. <laughs> that'll really make a huge difference in your. I speed. don't. I don't think it's hard to do, Charlie. But for someone who couldn't sit through WWDC, you might want to <laughs> ask a teenager to do that. Yeah, I'm a ham radio that. operator. I have a ham radio license. I have an engineering degree, which is so old. Morse that... code is not going to help you inside that Mac, my friend. <laughs> I like oh Morse God. code. That's I like funny. Morse code is pretty cool. I love, I learned Morse code. Morse code. I wanted my ham. I never got my license though, but that was oh, that's fun. Anyway, um, okay, guys, back so, to photography. <laughs> let, let, yeah, no, back to this week in Mac. Uh, 
Hey, but this was WWDC. It happened this week. What can I Amazing, say? Amazing. Can't yeah. help it. Can't help yeah. it. I can't control the news, people. This is the news. Um, okay, let's move on to story number two. Sarah, I know you know all about this. So a new, a new service, uh, uh, online sharing solution developed by... Uh, another rock star wedding photographer that's probably cut from the same cloth that Sarah is, David J, announced this thing. It's called Pass. Now, Sarah, what you're you're using this thing, right? Explain it to me. What what is Pass? Yeah, it was actually my pick of the week um, a couple months ago. So, Pass is basically um, what's the best way to describe it? It's basically a way for clients for clients to view their online images um, on their you know, phone, beautiful phone and iPhone apps, but also computer. But their big thing and the reason they're called pass is because then we can activate it to allow the clients to download the, their high res files from their wedding. And that's how we do our delivery of the images to the client. So if they have high res, all of our clients have high res photos in their, in their packages. So when we deliver the high res, instead of sending CDs or USB drives or whatever, we basically send them to their client site and say, you know, download them to multiple computers, back them up, go crazy. This, these are your high res. Um, and they're up and online for a year for them. So then <clears throat> why, just so I understand this, why would someone use pass over a service like Zenfolio, and I may have asked you this before, but over Zenfolio or SmugMug or a solution like that, why, why would you use Pass? If you so, already have an, if you're paying for an right. account over there already. Right, right, right. So the big difference between them from, from what I've seen, because of course I looked at all of those um, for my business as well, and the biggest difference is really the visuals. It's really the way that the client is able to see the images and experience them is just phenomenal. So good. And they're really, really hooked into sharing. So the client actually gets like when they log in from to their client site from their iPad, they get an option right away to to save um, to save like a a home. What do you call uh, it? A home button? Basically, yeah, like a shortcut right to their gallery. And it puts their photo on the little thumbnail that they that they see. So it's like completely customized like their own iPad app for their for their images. So there's lots of really cool little things like that. And it's very specifically targeted towards the wedding client. Um, That's so, what I was going to ask you. Is this because a large percentage of our audience are like wildlife photographers, landscape photographers, yeah. portrait and model photographers is could they use this or is this specifically for okay bridegroom family it it looks like it's a bridal type thing yeah i mean it definitely is targeted for the wedding client i don't think this is something that I'd, you know dropbox is great for multiple reasons if you aren't really trying to make something fluffy and pretty so this is really targeted towards the fluffy and pretty fluffy now, and pretty is that in their marketing <laughs> fluffy and pretty. <laughs> for sure um and techie like the other things that they can do from their images is actually pin an image straight from their gallery they can facebook an image straight from their gallery and it handles all of the back end of giving credit to the photographer for that Hmm. Um, so once they do that, it's great for us. What about, what about print sales? Right. Cause I know part of their, their new thing is they're offering the option for customers to order low cost prints. So take, take me through that. Cause I, okay, I didn't so really understand that when I was reading through it. Yeah. This is a brand new offering and you know, 
I actually met up with their with their team, uh, gosh, like six or nine months ago, maybe. And I was and I was like, you guys, I, we really just need I mean, just give me a way to offer four by sixes, five by sevens and eight by tens mm-hmm. to clients so that I don't have to send them anywhere else because um, this is stuff, such a one stop, beautiful visual offering for my clients. Um, and we offer everything customized, like our albums and beautiful, you know, wood mount prints that they can do for their walls and stuff like that. But I don't want to handle four by six, five by seven, and eight by ten prints. I yeah. do, I just I don't. You do you pass that on to like those those smaller size prints? Do you just like okay, this is at cost, or do you mark it up? Um, we currently offer it through Pictage, but our current setup is kind of janky because we have this beautiful How client dare you use Pictage and janky in the same sentence? Well, it's our <laughs> it's the way that we set up everything that is janky. So yeah. we have this beautiful show it site for clients. It's their own custom site that's ju- their URL. They can send it to all their friends and family. It's got their engagement and their wedding photos in it. It's connected with Pass. So it just is just integrated beautiful flow of a site and then we've got like an order button and when they hit the order button they go to pictage it has them create a whole new user account and then they have to go through pictage's whole interface which is totally different so it's just a broken kind of setup right now and it, you know it was actually a twip listener who is one of my clients now who um, said it best to me and recently he called me up and he was like Sarah I haven't sent out my wedding photos to everyone yet and I'm like why you've had your wedding photos for like three months and he's like it's just because I don't know where to send them like I love our client site but a lot of my friends and family are going to want to order prints and I don't know I don't want them to then have to go to that other site and have it you know, have them do this whole thing. And I was like, yeah, no, mm-hmm. I know it's, it's tough. And so he's like, so I said, you know, it's coming soon. I promise. I know that they're working on it. So I think, you know, with the release of, of Prince past recently, I think it was like two weeks ago, maybe, maybe a week ago, they released printing through White House Custom Color. Mm. But this is the part of it that's really causing a uproar in in the industry and in the photography. Well, what's what's photography the uproar? Industry. The uproar is that what they're doing is setting the price for the consumer. So who, who sets they, the price? Pass sets the price. Has set the price. So I couldn't if so I signed up for Pass and I said I want my four by sixes to be twenty dollars each. I couldn't do that. that. No. So they basically said, this is the price of prints. So it's a dollar for a four by six. It's two dollars for a five by seven. And it's four dollars for an eight by ten. Who's to say that I want my four by my eight by tens to be that? <laughs> okay, before you freak out, let me explain. I'm freaking out. Oh, like, I know, right? That's I'm, the word commodity keeps popping up into my head. Uh, I know. Well, let's be honest. Like. I, it really took me a week myself to like wrap my head around this because I have been charging whatever for my four by six, five by sevens, eight by tens for years. You know, like I think it's like twelve dollars for a four by six, or mm-hmm. yeah. you know, I don't it's know what profit, our current pricing yeah. is. Right, we've even over the last couple of years we've been dropping it and dropping it and just seeing what would get people to buy prints again. But to be honest, my print sales are 
completely dead. Let's be honest. Four by six, five by seven, and eight by ten. No, I make no money. They're on I, Facebook. People I are people tell, are sharing the yeah, images on Facebook. I can tell you right now if I looked at my if I looked at my like account where I'm if I looked at my Pictage account, I would tell you I probably have had two orders this year. Wow. Holy mackerel. Yeah. Okay, no, then it's so ridiculous. so then so the promise of pass is okay, we're going to commoditize this thing that you're make, not making any money off of anyway. And de- we'll help you start to at service. least get an IV drip of funds coming in from your print sales. But we're going to so commoditize the whole thing. N- no, it's not really to make money off of it, to be honest. To be honest, the pass is focused on a, on like the service that photographers are offering. And really when it comes down to it, um, what it is is that photography, wedding photography – is a big piece of it and the reason that people are hiring us is not because i can give them a four by six they can get a four by six anywhere they want you know right yeah they go to walmart or costco or something and get some prints it's been commoditized for years okay and and so it's really that shift that we're having such a hard time with me included to like say wait 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 but this is my this is my four by six print price like but no so it sounds like you're, you're, you're moving years. or with your business and with pass added and sort of doing this one price thing, they're moving kind of in the direction of where Char- Charlie is already, right? So Charlie, you're like, I shoot for a fee and everything else, the, the print side of it, you can order prints from my gallery, you can you know do all this stuff, but the, the bulk of the revenue comes from when you're hired for the job. Is that fair? Well... You know, my, my business model is, is kind of different where I'm focused mostly on photography tours and workshops. Mm-hmm. But I guess you could you could draw a parallel to my um, – I do one-on-one lessons here locally uh, in the Boston area. It's not a big part of my income, but it's incremental. And I, Sarah, I'd just be more interested as a non-wedding guy first diagnosing why the small print sales have fallen off. And I'd, I'd want to make sure I had my – my mind wrapped around that I can with more that. confidence. Oh, yeah. Okay, easy. well, yeah. but I, I just want to make sure you're not, you're not walking sure. away from revenue. And, and, yeah. and I guess if, if it's such a small amount of revenue, then how is past making a business model out of it? So I'm, I'm just, I reserve the right to be educated here. So yeah. <laughs> let's go, <laughs> educate me. Frederick, do you want to take that? I was just going to say, I'm, I can take part of it. Um, I don't, I can't, I don't have a crystal ball. I can't look into passes you know their their spreadsheet and all that but from the standpoint of why people aren't buying prints um, that's easy i mean it's instagram it's facebook it's twitter it's whatever else it's social media as one giant organism that is the de facto way for people to share imagery with each other not having a print made and you know hey come over and look at my album of of this and that and here's a four by six of me you know at the at the at the reception, they they want to share that instantly online with uh, with a thousand people instead of one or two. So, yeah. so you don't send yeah. out gift prints that that sort of thing. No, I don't know, Sarah. No you can't really even does that huh. anymore. I wow. think I think the interesting thing is that this is this is my take on the four by six, five by seven, eight by ten thing. Is that really with those print sizes and with loose prints, if you want something like that, you can get it anywhere. And so it doesn't make 
what consumers want is they want their high res. They want to be able to print their like little loose prints and stuff like that. But what we as photographers need to really wrap our head around is how can we continue to add value to the client? So if they don't want a $12 four by six anymore, then what should I be giving them instead? I'll tell you, Giulio Schiorio um, of small camera, big picture would say, they're going to want multimedia next so they could start sharing short videos of themselves and yeah. motion right. portraits and all, all that kind of stuff. So multimedia. Well, is, that's been a while, so what, hasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. But I think now it's it's becoming more and more obvious that that is a it's a product. You know, we, we could do it forever. We, we've been able to do it for several years, you know, if not a decade now. But the means to view this stuff and share it virally with each other hasn't been here for the last, you know, only the last couple of years. Yeah. And my clients still on, I'll, I'll tell you like, um, print, you know, like our sales post wedding are, are not an issue. We still have them, but clients don't want loose prints from us. They want albums and guess what? Albums are actually a service based product because what happens is we, we work with the client and pick their favorite photos and do a custom design for them and we create something and I help them design a cover and I work with a company that has really creative covers and amazing stuff. So all of that to say that in the end they get a beautiful heirloom that I've created for them. So really what they're wanting, you know, you know, when we talk about the service based business or even Starbucks where they have like a $5 cup of coffee yet, I'm there every single day. Why? It's because (laughs) it's a service based business where I, I, it's an experience. I want that experience. And my clients are going to come to me for products that I can create an experience around and I can't do that with a four by six and five by seven. Like maybe Sarah, you Sarah, you, can, you pioneered. But. I remember when the iPad first came out, and you pioneered, or, or if not the first, you were one of the very first few people or wedding photographers to offer the albums or or at least a slideshow on an iPad digitally. Now we actually did it on video iPods. That's oh yeah, really I remember that. Started. Yeah, video yeah. iPods first. <laughs> there was no such thing as an iPad at the time. It were, as soon as they had video capability on any little device, we were, you know. And you had it. You had it all presented with like they were in like a nice little box and all that. Yeah. So, so then, if you look at that, and you started doing that years and years ago, right? So now, do you see a trajectory where that album that you are so able to put so much artisanship into? is going to go the way of the dinosaur and just be completely gone and everything will be a digital file and you'll put all your work into making the creative multimedia experience instead of a creative atom-based experience? I really have a hard time seeing albums going away. I There's something about that printed experience when it comes to like a grandiose product that has like design and creativity in it and um, all of that like albums change and fluctuate but everybody seems to want an heirloom that's never going to change the thing with media and and with anything digital is that it's going to it's changing and shifting mm-hmm. and you know what you had 5 years ago is r- ridiculous i mean right. 5 years ago is probably giving a video ipod 
Like, yeah. does he still yeah, want you need that? something like, that's going to span generations and exactly. technology barely spans quarters, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So we stay focused on providing an heirloom for our clients. And on the other side of things, we want them to enjoy their images in as many ways as we can help them enjoy that. And so we're making, you know, the experience for our clients digital and fun and not restricted and giving them what they want. And if what they want, you know, if if that is making getting an inexpensive loose print, making that available for them, then so be it. It's not for me, at least for my business, it's already gone the wayside. So, yeah. you know, now at this point, I'm going to offer them a $1 four by six because it's a service. I am now saying like, you know what, don't drive down to Walmart. At least let me control the quality of print you get. Um, and here is a way to do inexpensive prints. So the days you know, are over those, or the days prints. are over or either ending of the, you you know, you have this high end wedding photographer, present company excluded. Um and you look at their price list and you look down at the bottom and you see a five by seven and it's, oh, 50 bucks for a five by seven and a hundred bucks for an eight by 10 and all that kind of stuff. So that those days are behind us. And it's if David J and crew have their way, the the print eight by 10 and smaller will be commoditized and we'll have it'll be like gas prices, like a race to the bottom. It, I don't think if they have their way, I think it's already happened. And they're just the first ones to like say it. You know what okay. I mean? Okay. Yeah, and that's so fair. at the same time, too, I would say that there are amazing photographers out there who their whole business is wrapped around their print sales. Mm-hmm. Pass is not for them. It's not the product. Is for pass going to kill them then? Um, well, it depends. If their four by six is a service, is wrapped around what the consumer wants in their area and in their market, then no. But a lot of people offer like a four by six, five by seven, eight by 10. But in that, it's like, well, we take your image from here and we do all this work on it and you get this gorgeous four by six when you're done, you know? So that's a service. That's a completely different thing. And I'm not, I don't think that this is going to kill that. I think that that is different. It's like we're going to like, hey, if you want us to do some more work on the image, this is how much it is. The print's a dollar, but yeah. the work's going to be $40. Got it. You know? Got it. Shifting it to the art. You're paying for the art, the canvas. You can buy a canvas from anywhere, but the art, your, the ink on that canvas is, and how I lay it on there is, uh, is what you're paying for. Right. Yeah. Charlie, exactly. are you, are you still printing at all? Do you like, do you, uh, deliver printed like gallery prints to any of your clients? Uh, very little. But um, I've recently started to get into um, doing some sales to to um, some higher end clients who, for reasons that are known only to them, <laughs> like yeah. uh, like to have wildlife photography adorning their offices. And uh, in fact, right now I'm trying to find some sales reps who will go out and drum that business up for me. But I'm I, sure I you can just, find some. Your your work I, is I just don't have crazy. Time. You yeah. just said it on Twip, so you'll be getting some emails, I'm sure, pretty soon here. <laughs> you <laughs> can email him at. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, yeah. Email Charlie at theamazingimage.com. Oh, sure. There you go. See, you said it. Charlie at theamazingimage.com. I'll I'll live to regret this. but uh, No. no, Hey, you know what? I'm thinking of starting a new segment on Twip anyway. I'm going to call it Help Help a Twipper Out. So (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm not kidding. It's going to be where we like showcase one or two photographers that have some message to get out to the world, whether it be altruistic or... You know, they just kicked off a business or something. I want to be able to allow the photography community as much as I can to use the horsepower of TWIP to uh, talk about what they're working on. Yeah, so. is it 80,000 downloads a week? Uh, yeah, we're around there. We are around yeah. there. That's, yeah. that's a lot of horsepower. So. That's, a, that's, a, that's, lot a, nice of, that's a lot of shutter clicks per week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, cool, guys. Before we, before we continue, I just want to give a quick nod to um, our sponsor for this episode of TWIP, and that's Shutterstock. This episode is brought to you by Shutterstock.com. At Shutterstock, you'll find the perfect image or video for your next creative project, whether it's for your website, a publication, an advertisement, a video, or another type of project. You can choose from over 26 million high-quality stock photos, illustrations, vectors, and video clip. Now, Shutterstock sources their images from around the world and puts them at your fingertips. And many of the contributors to Shutterstock are professional photographers and artists. And Shutterstock reviews each image individually for content quality before adding it to its library. Shutterstock adds about 10,000 images each and every day. So every time you visit, you're going to find something new to look at. Shutterstock has flexible pricing, so you can choose individual packages or a monthly subscription for the best deal. I mean, you can download 25 images a day with a standard subscription, and you can download any image in any size and pay only one price. Now, Shutterstock gives you the assets you need to bring your creative projects to the next level and They make it easy with sophisticated tools to help you search and drill down by subject, asset type, gender, emotion, color, and more. And a new spectrum, too. You can sort images by color spectrum. Now, many creative teams use that to get inspiration ideas, like they want to design something around the color red. They can search and find images that are in that color family. And they've got an award-winning iPad app. You can search on the go and use it to display your images during presentations and that sort of thing. So they've got uh, their iPad app actually uh, won a Webby Award. So it's amazing. Um, I love the iPad app. Just going just to go through the site for inspiration, much like I do with other sites. You can go through Shutterstock and get inspiration even if you're not buying anything. It's just, you know, just use it. Why not? They've got offices located in more than a dozen com- countries, Germany, China, China, Italy, Brazil, Belgium, etc., and uh, they're a true global marketplace for buyers and creative contributors. They've got a multilingual customer service group with dedicated corporate reps and full-time customer support through the week. And even for TWIP, we use Shutterstock. For example, we were looking for an image to use uh, for this blog post or for the blog post that will go with this episode of the show. And I wanted a newspaper photographer. And all I did was go to the Shutterstock.com and type in the word newspaper and photographer. And boom, I got exactly the image I had in my mind, which was an old school photographer, black and white, you know, with the fedora on, holding up an old school camera. And that's what I want. And that's now the hero image for this blog post or for the episode of this or this week's episode of TWIP. Now, if you want to try Shutterstock, you can do so today by signing up for a free account. You don't need a credit card. You can start 
Yeah, you can just start an account and begin using Shutterstock to help you sort of visualize and imagine what your next project might look like and save your favorite images to a light box to review later. And then if you decide to purchase, you can use the offer code TWIP6 uh, and new accounts will receive 30% off any package. It's Shutterstock.com and for 30% off new accounts, just use the offer code TWIP6 and we thank Shutterstock for their support of the show. All right, guys, let's continue with this week's listener Q&A segment. Um, let's jump into that. So let's see, who's the first listener? Ryan Carey. So Ryan Carey says, I'm going to read the whole question here because it's, uh, it's, it's pretty sensitive. It says, I send out my images for printing and I am usually pleased with my results using a color calibrated monitor coupled with ICC profiling, allowing me to generally get prints back in, that in my opinion are of good quality. I've only dabbled in black and white since switching over to digital, and so far I've been very dissatisfied with the resulting black and white prints that I've received um, back from my go-to printing service. Now, here's this question. The prints seem to all come back with a strange purplish tone to them. I am curious if you have any suggestions as to a not-too-expensive company that does good black and white prints from a digital file or any suggestions as to why the prints may be coming back with this purplish tone. All right. Who wants to take this first? Charlie, you want to take ooh, this? Call on me. Call on me. Yeah. Charlie, you in the front. <laughs> oh, yours. <laughs> Anybody? Bueller? <laughs> uh, so <laughs> I don't do my own printing and um, I don't do my own dental work. So uh, I, I leave those things to people that know. I use a lab called One Stop Photo. It's the number one stop F-O-T-O, one stop photo dot com. And I called my contact there. His name is also Charlie. And I, I read this question to him because I figured he'd be the expert. And mm -hmm. sure enough, he was. Perfect. He said, probably what's going on is that the lab who's doing these prints is printing black and white on color paper. And Charlie says that uh, in, in this setting that um, the color paper is very, very unforgiving, and there's probably a magenta color cast in there somewhere, mm -hmm. somewhere in the process, but it's kind of hard to say where. Yeah. But yeah. Um, he said the lab, you know, any, any lab, he said, who's doing black and white printing should be pulling all the color out, and apparently they're not doing it. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a good point. So he needs to, Ryan needs to check with his lab. My, my, response to this would be, I read the first part of this again. He says, let me read it again. He says, I send out my images for printing and I am usually pleased with my results using color calibrated, using a color calibrated mon monitor coupled with ICC profiling. So it sounds like he's, he's using ICC profiles to make sure he is calibrated in his little solar system, um, monitor, printer, camera, all that stuff, which is great. But Ryan, you also have to be calibrated to the printer that you're going to. So places like even when I mean, we were talking about Costco before, you can go to Costco's website and download the, the profiles for the printer at your local Costco and make sure that you're calibrated to that printer so that when you send them files with the, with the profile <coughs> attached to them, it's going to print correctly or at least as close as it can get to what's on your display on that printer. If you're just doing it internally and it, it all looks great in your your world and you send out that file into the wild, all bets are off. So you could take that same file and send it 
to Charlie's printer. You can send it to White House Custom Color. You can send it to Bay Color, Bay Photo here or whatever, and you're going to get three different results if you don't profile to their printer exactly. So, Sarah, you have anything to add to that? Uh, that sounded great. <laughs> <laughs> what, what he said. Good job. <laughs> well, I'm, I would have said exact, exactly what you guys said. Because you job. and you and I are right here. You know, I'm pointing at my eyeballs. Yeah, right here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. All right. Um, cool, Charlie. You have anything to add to that? Was that, I think we summed up both sides of it. Like, yeah, make sure that your 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 lab knows what they're doing, and then also be right. profiled to them. Right. Yeah. The only thing I'd add is um, one stop photo like a lot of other labs these days are printing on aluminum and mm, yeah. I have seen some shockingly gorgeous work uh, in black and white on those aluminum art panels. Um, one stop photo uses a process called chromalux. Mm. I don't know if that's what everybody uses or not, but um, boy, oh boy, I've seen some, and I don't do any black and white, by the way, I, I don't see in black and white. I don't think in black and white. You don't but shoot any black and white? Zero. Wow. I have not shot black and white. Let's see. I had a dark room when I was about 15. I'm 47. Oh, boy. It's been a long time. Wow. I don't, I don't see in black and white. The, I tell my um, – when I, when I teach my classes or do lectures, I tell people I have the mind of a two-year-old. I like pretty things and bright colors. And you I should move I to think, Florida. <laughs> <laughs> I, I look at the world, you know, and, and God made this world in beautiful colors, and I'm not taking this paintbrush away. <laughs> so, you know, yeah, it yeah. just I just don't see it. Now, my daughter is professionally trained in architecture and advertising, and by the way, looking for work. I'll leave that there. <laughs> there you go. Um, email. But, where, where are you at? What's your email address? Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Charlie at theamazingimage.com. There you go. But, um, I look at some of the work she does, and I'm, I'm shocked this kid came from, from my genes. And she does some black and white work that's stunning. But I, when I'm out taking pictures of polar bears or little birds or caribou, I, I just I see the color. I love the color. I yeah. want the color. And to do it in black and white to me seems marginally criminal <laughs> so. yeah well it depends i mean it's a tool let the hate it, mail flow <laughs> color color is a tool just like any other right i mean depending mm-hmm. on the message that you're trying to convey yeah. to the viewer of your piece color may get in the way so mm-hmm. you know totally. sometimes some or sometimes you need color to come to to tell the message that you're trying to tell so it's not you have to have it everything in color uh, it's i do <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying, to, I'm trying to preach here. And Charlie's like, no, BS. No, okay. no, no, forget it. No. I want my color. It's color. <laughs> I want my color. So. All right, Frederick, I'll step down off my thing, soapbox. One other thing I would add for Ryan um, in, in this topic is just to make sure he's using like a good quality lab. So, you know, try out a different lab with the same image and see if it's their issue. Cause I've definitely seen some color shift in printing that, um, can just be a lab not being properly calibrated. Yep. Love it. Perfect. Try that too. And buy Martin Bailey's book. What's, what's Martin oh, <laughs> making yeah, the print? Sure. I think it's on, uh, where is that? Is that on uh, Craft and Vision? Craft and Vision. Sure. Yep. Yeah. Making the print Martin Bailey. If you, you have any questions about printing, you know, I would uh, definitely check that out. It changed the way I print. And I'll tell you, Martin Bailey single-handedly made me, well, maybe not single-handedly, but he was a, he was a, 
a culprit in me switching my office from one room to another in my house so that I could put... And now I have the printer in my room with me where in the other room it wouldn't fit. So now I'm, it's Martin's fault. It's all Martin's fault. <laughs> all right. <laughs> all, right. He's, he's all right, guys. Let's guy. jump into the picks of the week. Uh, this is the segment where you guys, the guests and co-hosts, can pick something to recommend to the listeners as long as it is somehow related to photography. Charlie, I'm going to let you go first since you are you are kind of honorarily the new guy on the podcast. Well, it's my, my second time. Second time, yeah, second Okay, time. I'll, I'll, I'll take the label. So I'm holding in my hand. Oh, this, I wish we were on video. This yeah. thing is beautiful. You ready? <laughs> I'm ready. I'm a little okay. afraid, ready. but... <laughs> I know, I know. I have in my hand a Sakonic L758DR digital master light meter. It measures incident light, reflected light, and flash, and has a built-in one-degree spot meter. The problem with the spot meters in most of our digital SLRs is that the spot is just too darn big for a lot of things. Mm, yeah, that is that true. Yeah. The thing you're metering either well, you, often doesn't fill the spot and something else that you don't want to meet or spills over into the spot and throws the reading off. And then you kind of have to mentally compensate yep. a one degree spot. Boy, oh boy, oh boy. So what you can target nice it. You can thing. say, you know what? I want to balance it on that guy's collar across the street. And yeah. It will give you the proper oh. exposure for that collar. And to make this even more fun, um, this has a built in pocket wizard transmitter. So in the flash mode, I can set up a couple of strobes and I'll actually, I'm doing an, an article on this in my newsletter next month. Uh, I'm going to use a couple of off-camera strobes. I, I have um, three of the Canon 580 EX2s with the uh, Pocket Wizard um, Flex TT5s and uh, Mini TT1 transmitter. So I can set the strobes up, a couple of soft boxes, maybe you know, maybe even a um, a bare bulb somewhere, and I walk into the scene with the Sakonic uh, light meter. Mm-hmm. Hit the read button, it triggers all the pocket wizards at the same time, and I meter my flash. No cords, no tripping over. So, are stuff. you the photographer now, Charlie, that walks around? You have a photo vest and this light meter <laughs> hanging around your neck, and and pocket protectors, <laughs> and, pocket and a protractor, <laughs> and a big a big safari hat. Is that you? <laughs> well, you know, I I actually wrote an article in the January newsletter um, that I put out and. I did an elk shoot. I was out in north central Pennsylvania shooting a herd of elk. And um, I had a, a guy with me. We were playing around with light meters. And I said, okay, let's just let's just shoot the scene with the elk sitting in the snow. And you know what? I don't have to tell you, right? You know what happened, right? <laughs> oh, I know what happened, what, yeah. what happens to the snow? 18% it's, gray, the computer exactly wants to make right. it. Yeah. It's, it's gray snow. And I said, no, watch this. I whipped out the Sakonic meter, measured the incident light, and bam, hey, that's the exposure. You know, yeah. It is incident light metering is so, so overlooked. It's a lost art. I'll tell you, I'm, you know, you were talking, I pulled out mine. I have a Sikonic L358, which I've had for years. Beautiful and meter. This thing works. I mean, it'll trigger, trigger pocket meters. It's got a, a PC sync slot plug on it. And yeah, but it's not a spot meter though. I mean, it says it has spot on it. Cause you can take off the little bulb and, kind of have it do spot but yours well, i would imagine you actually look through right correct yeah you, you sight through this thing and you yeah no i don't have that one there's a one degree spot in the center of the viewfinder on the meter itself 
And then you have this nice bright LED display underneath it. As you're looking through it, you can even see what the readings are. Yeah. <clears throat> and then on the, the face of the meter itself, it reproduces those. And then you can just spin the thumb dial and it will step through all of the valid combinations of aperture and shutter speed. And you can change the ISO in the meter and it will just recalibrate everything to the new ISO. Yeah. It, it's just a absolutely it's, you're right you're gorgeous. right light meters light meters is just fun i mean and it's uh especially if you geek out on light and start you know what's the exposure of that shadow area over there without pulling out your camera you can just walk over to it or with charlie's meter stand across the field from it <laughs> right so <laughs> and for me, meter just I'm, that spot yeah. yeah so if i'm shooting wildlife if i'm if i'm shooting um, i don't know a caribou out on the tundra and the tundra is kind of darkish or maybe he's against a bright background and I've got a pretty good idea that that's going to confuse the uh, the camera's internal meter. I just set the spot right on the caribou. Now, if it's a polar bear that's white, you know it's going to happen. Yeah. It's going to be a gray polar bear. So you do have to kind of mentally think, remember the cameras turn everything 18% gray. So how do you turn a white polar bear into a gray polar bear? Well, what I, would, what I would wonder, what I would ask you is playing devil's advocate, as I've been known to do on this show. Um, but you're out there shooting wildlife, which are, I guess, by definition, unpredictable, right? They're moving all over the place, and unless you're shooting nesting owls or something, right? <laughs> it so, depends on the animal. It depends on the animal, yeah, granted. But if you're shooting fast-moving, like those polar bear, you're shooting polar bear that are running around, now they're in front of snow, now they're, they're frolicking in the water, and now they're on a beach, and now they're on some dirt, you know? With yeah. a light meter, won't you miss, miss the shot? Wouldn't it be better to shoot raw and um, this is devil advocate, right? Devil's advocate. Wouldn't it better be better be better to shoot raw and use the meter or the targeting computer inside of your camera to help you get the shot, and then worry about the exposure later? Well, I only shoot JPEG. No, just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> kidding. Just kidding. I was like, yes. So we're really going to talk now. I tried to keep a straight face. No, I, I do shoot raw, obviously. And um, so the great thing is if you are out on a shoot and and get a chance to meter one subject, as long as the light doesn't change, your meter reading is not going to change. So you don't have to meter every subject. Yeah. Okay. So all you have to do is go pop one polar bear, and take then, the reading, mentally adjust, remembering over. the camera is going to try to make him gray, so I'm going to overexpose him by about one and a third stops according to what the light meter says. Because don't forget... The spot meter is reflected meter. That's true. Or I can pop out the, the little dome and measure incident light and, and really get it spot on and not have to pay the, you know, the penalty for having a white bear. Now, so. now, Sarah, would you ever, like when you're shooting weddings, I know back in the day when, you know, back when Dennis Reggie was out there shooting the Kennedys or, you know. Dennis and it, Reggie. Or, no, it wasn't Dennis. Was it Dennis Reggie? Who was yeah. Shooting? It was Dennis Reggie, right? Yeah. I mean, it was yes. Dennis Rodman. Yeah. No, not Rodman. <laughs> <laughs> Very different. Those <laughs> those amazing <laughs> photographers that used to do stuff that we that we only dream of still, you know, back there mm. with those celebrities and all that. They were using light yeah. meters and all that stuff. Sarah, yeah. I kind of look at you and, and folks like David J. as, like I said, the rock star photographers. Are you guys running and gunning and using the computer in the camera all the time? Or do you ever have an assistant out there with a light meter to help you sort of make sure you nail the highlights and shadows exactly? No, there's definitely no time for a light meter. But I do shoot manual most of the time nowadays and really just dial in the exposure 
and then, you know, when you shift locations, obviously you have to change um, and just backlit or forward lit. But I feel like I have enough understanding of, of what the camera is going to do that a lot of times I can get really close just by dialing it in, looking at what, you know, it says on the camera, if it's overexposed or underexposed and seeing with my eye, if there's a lot of white in the subject, obviously it's going to, you know, in the image, it's going to underexpose it. If there's a lot of dark, it's going to try and overexpose it. So, um, just making those adjustments kind of on the fly, but there's just no, there's no time. So you just spend a lot of time. What about when you're doing like a portrait, not a portrait, but like a, yeah, maybe a portrait shoot or the engagement shoot. You, you have more time then, right? Do you, would you, would you use a light meter at that time or is it just, you know, the cameras are good enough. You know, I'm going to use the camera. I just really don't. Yeah. I don't know. I just don't feel like I ever need it because I'm, I'm able, especially when you're doing engagements and stuff, you kind of even have more time than usual. So I can get, close with the first shot and make a one-stop adjustment and be there you know yeah so the first this first shot might be one stop under or over which is easily fixed and then in post and the second shot's gonna be nailed as well as you know the next 50 to 100 shots i take in that same in that same environment yeah yeah makes sense it makes sense it makes sense that's kind of at least you know that's why like light meters i'm like wow that's cool it does all of that i would never have but for certain kinds of photography light meters everything i mean light meters in like studio photography and stuff like that seem really important um and in those cases i would probably want one yeah well i think anytime where the subject is in a high contrast where the um the camera's internal meter is going to get fooled it's it's really really nice yeah for sure love it Love it. All right, cool. Yeah. So the light meter. What was that model, Charlie? Again? Um, this one is a seven. It's a Sekonic L seven five eight DR. It also has some video functions in here. And oh, heaven help me! I'm going to try to learn video. I'm <laughs> reluctantly. <laughs> learn I, it now, or try to catch the train oh, when it's man. going ninety miles an hour. <laughs> Honestly, you can I have do no, it, Charlie. I have no interest. I I don't want to do it, but yeah. I need to do it for the website. And you um, got to do it. Think back to those guys that yeah. said that said that about digital. You got to do it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And where are they now? They were shots. they got jobs at the Chicago Sun Times, but then <laughs> yeah, that was quite the story. Yeah, that totally was. Yeah. All right. Well, cool. Well, Sarah, let's. Uh, thanks, Charlie. Sarah, what's your uh, what's your pick of the week? So my pick of the week this week is actually a camera bag that I've been using for this last year. It's called the Undefined Bag. And they have basically a couple of different sizes and a couple of different bags that they talk about. We shoot with both myself and my my other photographer that works with me. Um, shoot with the 13-inch bag currently. But we also have a waist shooter uh, and they have a 10-inch bag. And we have one of the 15-inch bags as well. Um, I don't have the 10 inch. That seems like a cool bag, but it only holds two lenses. And I always have pretty much three lenses on me at all times. So I use the 13 inch bag. The cool thing about it, the reason I love it um, is for a couple of reasons. One is you can actually fit your whole camera into it and zip it up 
Uh, so when I'm traveling to a wedding, I want my gear kind of protected as well. So I'll put the camera and two lenses, so camera with a lens on it and two lenses in there, zip it up, and I'm like good to go to engagement or something like that. And I keep that bag on me all the time. The strap is like really super comfortable. It's kind of um, got this elastic kind of um, grip on it and that's just something that's so good because I literally will wear that bag for 11 hours straight. Wow. Um, and it, it just moves really well and it usually like flips around onto my hip and it's super comfortable. It fits like exactly the number of lenses, but it also, it, it I think they call it the one bag because it not only holds that, but you can actually take out the section that's for the lenses and use it as a laptop bag. Oh, as well. Cool. So I actually but ended is that, up... Is that bag, and I'm looking at it now on the site, is that bag, and they've got they've got dudes on there carrying them, but it seems a little man percy to me. I mean, is that, can guys, li- like, honestly, can guys get away with carrying that bag at a wedding? Yeah. We this can't. is a very, it's actually a very masculine bag. Okay. I mean, with the leather, I see the leather I, one that just came up. I could wear the leather one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you don't have to pick one of the like yellow covers or something. <laughs> Let's not get carried away. But there are some, definitely some masculine covers. There's more than just the leather. And I just got my custom cover in a couple weeks ago. And it has my logo embroidered on the mm. front of the leather cover. How do I get so some now, of that action? I want to do that. <laughs> Yeah, just all you have to do is send them your logo, tell them that you want that, and they'll do a custom like logo cover for you. It's Ooh. amazing. Because and we got, you know we do have a new Twip logo. So hmm. oh, there you go. <laughs> that would be perfect. So we're even doing. You can do different colors of stitching and stuff like that. So both of my bags, I have a, the um, 15 inch. I actually ha- just use for my laptop right now. But I have the insert if I ever want to take it on a trip and just take one bag with me. Um, And then I also have the 13-inch, which we're using mostly as um, a lens bag. But when I go on a trip, if I want to just take that out and use it as a bag or put a laptop in it, then it can become a laptop bag. And it has a slot for the iPad, too. So it's just – it's been a perfect bag. And I'm – I really struggled with finding the right kind of bag for for me. So um, it travels really well. It's got one of those things on the back that it can, you know, slide in and hook onto onto your um, suitcase. Yeah. Oh, like on the on the uh, the suitcase arm, the telescoping arm thing. Yeah. yeah. It also has a they also have a waist shooter which is a bag that holds two lenses, but you can also take it off of the um strap and secure it to your belt. Very that actually I know a couple guys who use that when shooting just cuz they want to have a couple lenses on them, but mm. they don't want to wear a bag. So um that also can be an option for you. We have one of those and I usually when my back is killing me, I'll throw that on at the reception and just use that like during the reception. And what are we what's the uh, the price of this? How much is this going to set me back? Oh my gosh, you knew you were going to ask me a question <laughs> I didn't know the answer to. Hold on. Uh, it's a, it's a hundred logo, Yeah. Yeah, please by all means put my logo on it. Um <laughs> it's $130 for the 13 inch. Uh the 10 inch is 110 and then the waist shooter by itself is 80 nice yeah Wait. so they're really reasonable and they have interchangeable covers so like we have a couple of different covers but 
to be honest, now that I have the embroidered one, I'm going to use that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Because not that you love your brand or anything. <laughs> no. My new logo, I'm in love with it. I think I might get it tattooed on my arm. I'm just oh, kidding. I'm nice. not going to do that. <laughs> nice. Yes. That could end badly. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, okay, cool. Well, awesome. So, Charlie's Iconic Light Meter L758DR, Sarah, yeah. the undefined one bag. And my, I have two picks. I'm taking host. Oh, I'm taking a host uh, prerogative host here. Um, so the first one, narcissistic. I'm doing a workshop <laughs> down at Brooks Institute, and it is. I have the page up here. It is June 22nd from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. at Brooks's Ventura campus in Ventura, California. So it's a portrait photography workshop. So we're going to be learning how to pose people, how to shoot them. We'll do a little retouching and. It's going to be a good time. So definitely come down and check it out. Lunch is served and possibly we're going to do a no host bar drink session afterwards. So if you're up for it and you're in the Santa Barbara area, please come hang out and check it out. And then my second pick, which I'm bringing this to the workshop, though, I'm probably going to use my Nikon at the workshop, but I'm bringing my Olympus OMD with me to the workshop, of course, but the bag that it will live in is my mirrorless mover 30i and i'm in love with this bag this is just i was i have a bunch of bags just like any photographer over the years you accumulate camera bags and you end up with all these bags that do one or two things really good um this i was looking for a bag that i could put my small micro four thirds lenses in and some various microphones and you know the of course the camera and you know maybe a pad of paper and my iPad mini that's what i wanted that was my criteria think tank released the exact bag that i needed <laughs> in their mirrorless mover 30i i have it right here my camera's in it and it's awesome cuz it's tiny and i can just run around i can throw it in behind the front seat of the car and uh, and roll out and shoot with it and it's it's the perfect small bag for my 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 small camera so definitely check that out it's a mirrorless mover. I may have talked about it before, but back then I didn't love it as much as I love it now. And it's uh, it's become a staple for me. It goes with me everywhere. All right. Um, we're at the end of the show, guys. So Twip listeners, you stay tuned if you want to hear a special interview I did with Mr. Ziv Glott. He's one of the co-founders at a company called iFi. They released a new product. And if you want to watch that interview, we'll embed it in the blog post for this episode. Or you can just check my YouTube channel and you'll find it there. But uh, if you don't want to listen to that interview, interview, we're at the end of the show. So, Charlie McPherson, where can people go to stay connected to you and all that you do? Everything is uh, in my website at my website at theamazingimage.com. I would encourage the Twippers to sign up for the newsletter. And uh, we've launched monthly photo contests, and we're giving away camera bags and monopods and all sorts of cool stuff. And um, also want to invite everybody to join me. I've set up a little teeny, teeny, tiny G-plus community called Arctic Addicts. And it's for people like me who inexplicably um, have this call to keep going north, To uh, pe- for people that love the north that think the tundra is about the coolest stuff there is arctic and addicts hey charlie i was going to ask you about that before you you continue i yeah. bought a documentary on itunes recently and i can't i was trying to find it because i don't want to get up and go look at my my apple tv to see what it was that i bought <laughs> but it was it's a documentary on 
um, the shrinking polar ice caps and, you know, how icebergs are just sort of disintegrating. And it's from a photographer's perspective that how he went out and documented these things and set up Nikons and these remote solar powered boxes, modified Pelican cases to do time lapse photography of these receding icebergs. And it's an it's amazing documentary. It's so much so that I bought it instead of renting it. Um, huh. So you, if you haven't seen that, you have to go check it out. So. Yeah, I have not. I'll, I'll just tell you that uh, two years ago, there were no icebergs at all up in uh, in the Beaufort Sea, where we were in Kaktovik. But last year, there, there were some magnificent icebergs. So I, I don't know what to make of all that. All right. Well, Smarter people than me are working on it. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, we'll, we'll link to that that. That uh, that iTunes movie in the notes yeah. for this. I think it's pretty and, important. And could, I think um, it's important from a from a you know not yeah a global warming for or against argument yeah but from a from a photography standpoint, it's uh, just to see how this guy put all this stuff together and how sounds he, pretty interesting. Yeah, I mean, and he like was out there doing this thing, doing this documentary with bad knees and, you know, after three surgeries on his knees and strict doctor's orders not to be on his feet, <laughs> of course he goes back to the Arctic, you know, and you know how that is because yeah. you got that Arctic draw, right? Uh, oh, I have a new hip. I've got two su- shoulder surgeries, three screws in my back, but you go. You, you need you to watch this documentary, Mark. <laughs> he worked through the pain. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. Well, thanks. Thanks, Charlie. Sarah, France, where can people go to stay connected to you? Um, you can always go to my website, sarahfrance.com. You can find me on Facebook, on Twitter, although, to be honest, I don't think I've sent out a Twitter recently. I think it's just connected to my Instagram and everything <laughs> goes through there. <laughs> you can so, tell, you can tell that someone hasn't, that hasn't used Twitter because they say, I haven't sent out a Twitter. When the, the correct vernacular is, I haven't sent out a tweet. <laughs> I haven't tweeted, and it just sounds... Dirty. I don't know. I haven't tweeted. It sounds gross almost now. Can you say that one more time, Sarah? Just I haven't tweeted. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> well, um, oh, that's just creepy. So, right? It just doesn't sound good. Uh, you can find me on Google+. Plus. I'm pretty easy to find. I'm pretty much the only Sarah France out there. There's one in England, but besides that, yeah. I'm, the only, I'm the only one you can find mostly. You're the and real then, Sarah in, um, I will actually be present at the Dallas PPA in September. So if any of you guys are out in Texas and want to come visit me in September at the Dallas PPA, I would love to meet you in person. Yes. And this is the woman at the top of the show. What would you say about Texas, Sarah? Yeah. I said it's not <laughs> like going to the Caribbean. I don't think anyone in Texas would disagree with me. Yeah, that's And true. they are all really Careful. nice out there. Yes, yes they are. Yeah. yeah. Everything's so bigger really in Texas. Excited. Yeah, I'm really excited to go see my friends, the Edmonds, Edmondsons. So I'm gonna. It's gonna be awesome. All right. Well, uh, give us the, put the, there, put the so. links to that in the notes, and we'll make sure it gets into the blog post. Okay, I will. All right. Cool. Excellent. Thanks, Sarah. <laughs> Thank All right, uh, listeners. If you want to keep up with everything in the Twip universe, you can check us out at thisweekinphoto.com, and also don't forget to join our little Google Plus community. And we'll link to that on the uh, in the episode show notes. And finally, if you're looking for me, Frederick Van Johnson, you can find me at frederickvan.com. And with that, it's time to take that lens cap off. This Week in Photo is a Pixelcore.tv production, produced by Suzanne Llewellyn, 
with technical producers John Riley and Alutha Jamakar. Hi, I'm Frederick Van Johnson, and I'm here in beautiful, sunny Northern California. Uh, we're in uh, Santana Row. This is part of San Jose. It was a really cool, kind of hip area. And I just, I'm having drinks with my good friend here, Ziv Galat. He's the co-founder, one of the co-founders of a company called iFi. And they make it these guys. These are little Wi-Fi enabled SD cards that you put in your camera and they allow you to shoot and share instantly. Whereas normal, normal SD cards you shoot and then you take it out and you plug it in and you copy and all that stuff. These you can share through Wi-Fi in different ways that we're gonna talk about. So Ziv. Welcome. Thanks for having me. This hey, is man. totally awesome. And I haven't seen this guy in forever. It's like awesome. we've been friends for years, yeah. and you know how it goes. You get yeah. busy, and I haven't seen him forever. Yeah. Then they came out with this Moby thing yesterday. I sent him an email like, Ziv, we gotta have drinks and talk about the Moby." And, and I'm here. And here and we are. You, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> here we are. Here we are. So let's talk about it. Awesome. Okay. So I have a ton of questions. I have my little hidden list here right, cool. that's sitting just off camera that I'm gonna go through to make sure I hit everything. Okay. Um, so for the folks that may not have heard about iFi, what is this thing? What does it do yeah. other than what I just said? You know. So it's a card that makes any camera wireless. Mm -hmm. The whole idea is to have fun with the camera mm -hmm. and not worry about anything else. Card readers, cables, cradles, downloading, uploading, just have fun with the camera, uh, point and shoot, DSLR, micro four thirds, anything yep. that you want. And then everything goes to either your computer, not with Mobi, but to a computer with other cards, yep. or to your mobile device. iPhone, iPad, Android tablet. Um, and so Mobi is all about just simply shooting with a camera and having the same instant gratification of Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. And what we were talking about before, before we started rolling the camera is, and for me, you know, I'm, selfish when, I, when it comes to this kind of stuff. But you know, when, when I think about how the workflow should be for me is I want to, like I have my iPhone, I love my iPhone camera and I can take photos with it. Yeah. And I'll take some, uh, you know, say I'm in Vegas or something, I'll take a photo and then I will uh, wait for this loud truck to pass us. But I, <laughs> I'll take a photo in Vegas and then I'll say, I'll do some editing and I'll put it on Instagram or Facebook or whatever, yep. you know, directly from there. And that's been the flow that I've done with my iPhone but now that I have my Olympus, you know, my, my Micro Four Thirds camera, and even when I was shooting primarily with other cameras, like my D7000, yep. I couldn't do that. Right. So I would shoot, and then I would go back Just and import into Lightroom, make some edits, and then I'd say, yeah, this one might look good on Instagram, and then I'd put it on the desktop, and later, if I got around to it, I'd put it on Instagram. Right. So now, and then back in the day, like when we first met years and yep. years ago, yep. uh, when iFi was first coming on the scene, I was trying iFi and I hit that roadblock of, okay, I gotta find a hotspot, or no, I gotta find a hotspot, but I have to. Just be Wi-Fi. I have to be on Wi-Fi and I have to go, the setup, I have to be back, I have to go back to my computer Correct. to set things up. So what, right. what's changed to yeah. bring me back into the fold now? Yeah, so when we started the company, it was all about the computer. There was yeah. no cloud back then, there were no mobile phones, uh, sorry, no smartphones. Yeah. Uh, Facebook wasn't in, this was right. seven years ago. Yeah. So it was all about having parents, primarily, uh, get images from the from the camera to the computer. So the problem was different. Yep, mm -hmm. and we tried to help you get your stuff from the camera to the computer, and that's it. Yep. And back then, people actually didn't didn't care about the cloud and didn't care for mobile or Facebook because actually it wasn't there. Mm -hmm. Today, the problem is this: you have your smartphone; it's with you, and it has an OK camera. Mm -hmm. The sensor size is very very small compared to any of these point and shoots. Yeah. Um, so there's no possible way to get good quality images out of the iPhone or any smartphone out there. 
The iPhone is okay for outdoor shots, sometimes. With great light, as but, long as you have yeah, great light, yeah. But 80% of photos that are taken are actually taken indoor. Right. So, the quality of the, of the mobile phone's camera is not gonna be good enough for anything else besides, you know, low res stuff that, that you, know, you don't care about. Right. So the cool thing is, you can still use the convenience of the phone, do Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, everything else that you're already used to, but use it with your real camera, and then have everything go to your phone, and then still do everything that you're used to, but with good quality images. So you start, yeah, so you start with good input, which equals good output, exactly. which, is, which is awesome. Yeah. So, okay, some, some questions that came up earlier, I was having lunch with a friend of mine, um, Ralph, hello, if you're listening. So, <laughs> we were having lunch and we were just sort of talking about iFi, and one of the questions that he had was, okay, so there's this X2 that you guys have, yep. right? Um, there's the this guy, the iFi Mobi, which yep. is the new one, mm -hmm. and then there's the Toshiba Flash Air yep. that's out there, which a lot of people are saying, okay, gotta use a Flash Air because that's the only one that allows me to go directly directly from my camera to my phone. Right. How does all this stuff work together or not? And, and why are you better, you know? Sure, sure. So iFi is the brand behind, so, so we invented wireless memory cards. Yes. And we have patents granted in the US and Europe for wireless memory cards. So, so you own that patent? So we actually own uh, many patents. Okay. And they're on a website, it's totally publicly available, mm -hmm. totally cool. Good. Um, and Which is awesome, by the way, just to, just to pause you. Cool. That, in, in, in the episode, I think that this, this show is going to air in, or this interview is going to air in, we're talking about patents a yep. little bit. Yep. And that is how patents, in my opinion, should be used, right? You yep. come up with a great idea, no one else has done it, right. you lock it down, right. right? So that no one can infringe on your patent. Yeah. Not the reverse, where you just patent something out of the blue and hope one day somebody right. innovates on it yeah. and you capitalize. So you, you guys are doing it the correct way. We started the company and on day one, we actually patented the technology. Mm -hmm. and, then, and then what you do is you create one uh, patent and actually that patent is called a provisional patent. Mm -hmm. That provisional patent turns into many patents. Okay. So that provisional patent turned into, I believe today we have 10 patents in the US wow. granted. We have, uh, I think 20 or so in Europe. Um, I forgot the number, but so the, so first of all, I'll mention that we owned the, the brand for Wi-Fi in, in, in cards and the camera guys support us. And I'll mention that afterwards as well. Okay. The difference in the workflow is very, very um, uh, imminent. The iFi card sends photos out automatically, so everything that you shoot goes to your, to your phone or tablet totally automatically. And it's very, very so seamless. So it's pushing, it's pushing out to your phone or tablet. Out. Okay. The Toshiba card is actually the opposite. You log into it from a web server on your phone. So, sorry, the the card itself is a web server. Mm -hmm. You go to your web browser on your phone, connect to the card, and then you have to say, I want this, 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 this image. So you're essentially web, you're surfing to your phone, to your phone, or to your, I'm sorry, you're surfing to, to your, your camera. camera from your phone, yeah. and then you say, oh yeah, I'm on the, in the I want this one, put and this in it. my camera roll. So now, okay. so, so it's actually a pool model. Now the, the main issue that you'll run into is the camera has no idea that the Toshiba card yeah. is actually a Wi-Fi card. So actually it will turn off after yeah. a few minutes. Okay. So you're browsing the card, and after a few minutes the camera turns off, now you can't do anything else with the card. But yours doesn't turn off? Ours will keep the camera on because we have 85% of all cameras, point and shoots, DSLRs, micro four thirds, the top 10 OEMs, Sony, Canon, uh, Olympus, uh, Nikon have completely supported us in camera where the camera turns off only when we finish uploading. 
So there's menus in the camera. I'll show it in the demo. There's cameras. There are menus in the camera. There are icons in the camera. The camera stays on while we upload, and then when the camera is turning off. Only, it only happens when we finish uploading. So those menus are built into the operating system? Only for us. Of the camera, so my, and I'm pointing this way because my Olympus OMD is Absolutely. recording this. Yes. So my Olympus OMD has i5 menus built into it already. Exactly. So when I plug this guy into it, by the way, thank you Ziv for giving hey, totally. me this. By the, Absolutely. Uh, so when I plug this into it, yes. it's gonna recognize it and say, okay, you got an i card in me. Exactly. You now have these menus available to you for Wi-Fi. You can turn the, the, the uploads on or off, you can turn on off, turn us on, which is really nice. Mm -hmm. You can uh, see the connection state. You can see if we're actually connected or not. Okay. And um, you can see the icons. So, so different camera guys do different things. Canon, for example, shows you a little watermark of the iFi icon on every photo that, that's already been transferred. Okay. Really, really nice. Nikon doesn't. Olympus, I actually forgot what they, they do oh, in well, play mode. Oh, you know. <laughs> Yeah. But Olympus will always show, so every camera has to at least conform to the minimum standards, which is at least keep power on while we're uploading, mm -hmm. and at least have an icon animating while we upload. So the user knows they were actually So something's still, going on, there's some feedback. Yeah, yeah and, the, and the important thing for me is, yeah, of course I wanted the camera to not power off in the middle of an upload sequence, exactly. but I want it to power off after it's done because power. I don't want this thing draining my camera exactly. dry. And then yep. when I actually, hey, aliens are landing over there and I pull it out and my iFly car killed my camera. Yeah, you know? exactly. So, so it's smart enough to know that, now it's not, yep. it, can I, can I set the camera to only transfer the JPEGs? Because I don't want, I can not have it push up my raw files. You can do, so Mobi only does JPEGs. Mm -hmm. okay. A pro card does raw and JPEGs. Okay. okay. Uh, if, you shoot J, if you shoot raw, they'll be stored on the card, but they won't transfer with Mobi. Mobi is just about mobile. And because it's about mobile, mobile and JPEG. Yeah. yeah, now iOS and Android doesn't support raw. So we took away raw from Mobi as the transfer but it can still be stored on the card normally, but you have to go, go to the computer and put it on your PC as you normally do. Card reader, old school way. Okay. Because Mobi is only about mobile, and mobile is not about raw. Okay, so then, so then Mobi, absolutely. Mobi the, new, the new product that came out, what, a couple days ago, yep. right? So this new product, what is the main difference between Mobi and X2 or X2. Pro, sure. you know, what, what am I, what am yeah. I looking at? Great question. Other so, than you just said JPEG, but yeah. anything else? So it's the same. So actually, it's the same hardware. Mm -hmm. So all these cards are orange, cool sticker. Uh, the software is different, and the firmware is different. The Mobi card is only about mobile, and the setup is seamless. And and I'll show it. Um, the setup is completely. Uh, uh, simple and, and, and you'll see. And for Mobi, it's about getting your stuff into mobile devices, tablets okay. and phones. Okay. The Pro card, the Pro X2, yeah. is mobile, desktop, cloud, sharing sites, all of the above. But the setup still requires you to go to your computer first, set up on the computer, and then you can say, please go to my computer and Facebook and my mobile device. But it has to happen, first of all, on the computer. Okay. While with Mobi, you buy it at the store, you can leave the store, immediately turn it on, and have it go to your iPhone, That's and you're huge. done. That's huge. Let me make sure I got this right. So with an X2, um, and I set that up, I purchase an X2, say my Best Buy, whatever. Yeah. I buy this guy, yeah. I have to take it home, yeah. I got to plug it into my computer, yeah. go through the configuration. Yeah. But what that gives me when I go through the configuration on my computer is I can set it up to, to pump up photos to Facebook, uh, Flickr, Correct. all that stuff, so I can have it go in and then broadcast out my, yes. Im my images to multiple networks. Yes. With this guy, and correct me if I'm wrong, with this guy, 
you're taking the computer out of the mix. Completely out. And now I can be in, say, Barcelona or something, and I have this card, and like, or I go buy this card, yeah. and I can say, oh, you know what, I want to set this up because I want to share. I want to be able to push stuff over to my phone and then share through Instagram. I can yeah. do that with from a hotel lobby. Yeah, wherever you want to, actually. So you buy the card at the store. Yep. You open the card up. Mm -hmm. You stick it into your camera. The card has a key. Uh, a, a secret key that's actually on the back of the card. There's yep. a jewel case. Yep. You enter the code into your, into your app, yep. and you're done. So you can do it in the middle of nowhere. Your phone can be totally off. So say, say that you're in, in Barcelona, and you're not on data, you're roaming, you're not on Wi-Fi, and you're not on 3G or 4G. You're just with your phone, with you, or your tablet, and you're totally yep. not on Wi-Fi at all. Right. It will still be set up. You get the app, you set it up and you're done. I can shoot to my camera. I'm done. Everybody's happy. Completely. So what? So one of the things that I want to be able to use this for is I do these meetups in yep. San Jose, the Twip Meetup Group, and uh, from time to time we'll be doing demonstrations of like model shoots and that kind of thing. And I know I can tether. You know, I can shoot and I can put a cable the on the camera and plug that into the computer, and then that goes into the projector and all that. The holy grail for me, and tell me that I'm hopefully I'm right. The holy grail for me would be, I'd be able to put this guy in my camera and authenticate it to my iPad, yep. which is plugged in to the projector. Sure. I want to be able to shoot, have it display on the projector through the iPad. Can Absolutely. I do that? Absolutely. And it pushes. I don't have to go Completely. to the iPad and show. No. Okay. You go to the iFi app. In real time, it shows full screen, full res on the iPad. Yeah. And as we upload to the iPad, the images scroll through really, really nicely. And yes, if the iPad is going to a projector, absolutely. I can. It's full screen. Full I screen. I can show full screen. Full res. It's going boom. As you shoot. And and before absolutely. did it when because we did a hangout a while ago yep. um, where you you demonstrated this stuff and it had to go to a server and then it displayed. So there was like a five ten second delay. Is, um, is delay shorter now? It's just depending on the speed between this and the, so and the yep. tablet, right? So it depends how you have the card set up. Okay. The, the older cards, or even the Pro X2 card, which, which we still have today selling its current model, yeah. it can go through our cloud, through a router, to our cloud, back to your computer, back to your iPad, all that can happen. Okay. That can cause a delay because it's going through it's the router, go around the world, around the yeah. world come back down to your iPad. Yeah. But the Pro X2 can also do direct uh, camera to iPad. Okay. It's totally fine. Uh, and that's faster, yeah, of course. If you had to go through a router in the venue, yes, it would be slower, possibly because the distance could be greater, yeah. maybe. With Mobi, it's going straight from the card to, to the device, and the card is the Wi Fi. Okay. Beautiful. But I want to make sure that people understand that even the Pro can do the same thing. Mm -hmm. The card can still be the Wi-Fi even if it's a Pro card. Okay. But the setup is a little bit more involved, and it, it happens it, on your computer. It's bulk loaded on the front end there. It's yeah. the setup piece yeah. that we're talking about. Yeah. Okay. Technology-wise, the Pro can do everything Mobi does. Uh, same app. The app on iOS and Android will switch modes based on whether or not you're using it with Mobi or not. Mm -hmm. If you're an iPhone customer and you already have Mobi or not, the app also will change modes as well. Okay. The Pro Card can do everything, that's why it costs more. Yeah. With a caveat, the setup is a little bit longer because it involves your PC. Okay, got it. Okay, so when I go home tonight, I can sit on the couch with this guy my camera and, your iPad. and my iPad, and I can get set up. You can do it right now. With an X, I can do it here. In fact, yeah. should, we, should we show it? We should. Well, let me get through my questions Start first. And we'll, we'll do the demo at the Totally end. awesome. Okay, so um, there was another question that came up about card readers. Yes. 
and incompatibility with card readers. So the question was, in the old days, I'm assuming in the old days with the with the iFi cards, if you take these cards and you don't use the iFi card reader that you guys supply with, say, the X2, yep. that corruption would happen and you'd have to do data recovery and all that Shouldn't. stuff. So is it, that is not true? That no. doesn't happen? No. So we give you a card reader in case you don't have one. Mm -hmm. A lot of times the card readers that exist today uh, don't give enough power to the cards. Mm -hmm. So we give you one just in case you don't have one built into your Mac or PC. Yep. But you can use your built-in one completely and it's totally fine. Our reader is not special except for the fact that it's well-made. Right. There's no Wi-Fi built into it. It's completely just a card reader. But we give you one with the Pro X2 in case you don't have one. And so you can you use that card reader with other cards With too. any cards, okay. or you can not use the card reader and just use your built-in reader. Okay. In fact, the one on the Mac is very, very good. You can just use the one on the Mac, totally awesome. PCs also should have really good card readers. Yeah. The corruption happens with any card regardless. Corruption can, so corruption can happen anytime that you kill power to the card. Yeah. So if you take pictures, the transfer to the card, you take out the card forcefully from the card slot, you'll have corruption. Yeah, this is a static If you have a bad card reader, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, no, you just basically, the camera thinks it's writing, you take it out, oh. you're yeah. going to cause corruption. Which is like anything else. Yeah, yeah same thing, you know, you know if, you have, if you have your USB drive over USB, you write files to it, take out the USB cord, it's going to cause corruption, right. possibly. You, you don't know, it may or, or, or you may not. Yeah. Same thing with iFi card. The reader is just there so that we don't have experience where you buy the card, you go home, we didn't give you a reader, and now you can set it up on your PC. So we just give you a reader for free. Love it. That's I love it. Okay, perfect. Cool. Okay, final question here. Okay. And this is a curveball at you. Okay. It's not that much of a curveball. No worries. It's a curveball. So um, this camera, the, the, the Olympus OMD, there's an Olympus pin, uh, e, I think it's the EP5 yeah. that, that was just released, is out there that has built-in Wi-Fi into it. Uh, the, the Panasonic GH3 yeah. has built-in Wi-Fi inside the camera. Yeah. How is that impacting you guys? Sure. Now, is it, because I see that as kind of a trend, like, okay, yeah, in the future, all cameras will have Wi-Fi or sure. Wi-Fi built into them. Mm -hmm. Does that, is that like the death knell for you guys? Are you afraid of that? You know, yeah. what, what does that mean? Great question. So Wi-Fi is seven years old. Mm -hmm. So we incorporated it in 05, started the company officially in 06, mm -hmm. and we started selling in 07. Even before we started the company, so in, in 04 and 05, Kodak had the EasyShare. Yeah. Canon had, so it was Wi-Fi. Canon had three models of Wi-Fi. Coolpix from Nikon had four models in the US of Wi-Fi. Uh, Samsung had two, and Olympus had two. Yeah. There were always Wi-Fi models from camera guys, always. The, the, the thing is, we have no idea how to make cameras, but we know how to make Wi-Fi. The camera guys don't do a good of a job making Wi-Fi and services in the cameras, yeah. they make amazing cameras. Okay. So there'll always be Wi-Fi cameras. In fact, they're helping us build awareness for wireless and trending everything. And the whole trend is having a go from a camera to your mobile phone immediately. So they help us build awareness for Wi-Fi. Canon has, for example, the S110, which has Wi-Fi built-in. Right. It's also Wi-Fi connected, which means it has the Wi-Fi software in the camera. So you can choose to use the Canon software, the Canon Wi-Fi built-in into the camera, right. which may or may not be to your liking, or if you want the fully automatic way to do the Wi-Fi and to do the transfer of the images, use Wi-Fi. Up to you. So it's but a choice. Then. It's, it's your so, choice. So, oh, so democracy again. You have like, or capitalism. Keep your camera. Yeah. So you can. So if I get, and I'm planning on getting the pin. So if I get yeah. the pin, 
and it has the Wi-Fi capability Play with it. built into you it. You mean I like it. I mean I like it. But you guys are independent. This is all that you do. And that's exactly. I that's put that why, in there. Okay. Yeah, so the camera guys have always supported us. They've always also done Wi-Fi models in camera. And they've always they always try and do it. Yeah. Um, and it's it's up to, to you as a consumer to decide if you like the experience of the Wi-Fi and the camera yeah. versus iFi. I would argue on the mark putting on my marketing hat, the unsavvy or unsophisticated consumer is gonna get one of those cameras and say, hey, it says it has Wi-Fi built in. Yeah. I don't need that right. iFi card, yeah. you know, and, and never understand what the value proposition of the iFi is right. beyond what that camera can do, even if it's lame. Right, right. So they'll just say, oh, I already have that, what they have, and not move on. So then you're the marketing guy. Except so now you have to educate yeah. them and tell them, you know, this is the delta between what the camera can do and what you can do with this card. And the nice thing is, you, the guy goes home, he puts up the manual, and it mentions iFi in the manual because we are 85% of all the cameras they're shipping today yeah. over the top 10 brands. Yeah. So we're in the manual, we're on the box possibly as an icon, and if you Google Wi-Fi camera or Wi-Fi memory card, yep. we're it. So yeah. uh, yes, there's Wi-Fi, yes, there's, there's options, there, was al there, there, there were always options. Yep. We give you an amazing experience that's totally automatic. Right. Cool. So. I love that. I love cool. that. So cool. I had to ask. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had to ask. Totally. Okay, cool. So I got through all my questions here. Okay. I want to see a demo. A demo. Is it possible? Right, the card comes in this uh, package that is made for retail. It's tear resistant, which means you actually can't really tear it. Yeah. No card reader. Notice that. You open it up and it, t it tells you, go to the App Store, mm -hmm. Android or iOS, and get the app. And then it tells you, go to the back of the card of the jewel case and enter the code into the app. So that's mm -hmm. right there. So that's literally the entire setup. So let's go through it. So that's your card. Okay. I'll, I'll take, so this card is mine. It came in the box, mm -hmm. right? I open it up, same thing. Here's the jewel case. So my jewel case is telling me this is my code. So here's my iPhone. Yep. What we'll do is... I'm gonna stay far app. away so we're not gonna show that code on the camera. <laughs> no worries. So okay. that's my, my iFi app. That, the okay. first thing that you see is the actual screen for the Mobi setup. Yep. That's the first, thing, the first thing that you're seeing. I'll walk with you right now through what every customer will see and I will not cut any corners. All you see is the full setup. Okay. So notice how it says, Activation code. I click on it. My code is this one. I'm, I'm entering my code as it says exactly on my jewel case. Okay, and it's totally cool if you copy my code because that code is only for my card. Okay. Nobody can use this code. If they try to enter my code to the card, it just won't work. Got it. This code is literally my security code for my iFi card. My, so it, it binds your binds your iFi card to that phone. To the phone. Okay. And it, and, it, and it really is my WPA2 secured code for my card. Wonderful. So watch. I hit go. It says on the next screen you'll have to hit install. I hit OK. And I hit install as the as it told me to install now. This is my security code for my phone. Sorry, that it's not very intelligent. <laughs> I hit done, and we give you a few tips on how to use the card. Yep, little cheat sheet. And that was set up. Now, now you're in. Now I'll put the phone down. Yep. I'll put the card into my camera. 
my new favorite camera is the Sony RX100. <laughs> Gotta love these guys, I mean, it's amazing. So I'll take a photo of you, taking pictures of me and filming us, and watch what happens. So I took a photo of you, and so if you look at, so what happens is this. The iPhone scans for Wi-Fi every about 30 seconds to a minute. It depends, Android scans faster, iPhone scans. Watch what happens. If I actually go to my Wi-Fi settings, I'll actually see the iFi card. See? Actually, it's connected to it already. Yep. It's already on. I go to my app. Notice how it turned from red to green. It's right now transferring all the photos that we've just shot. Yep. I'm seeing the coming in. And we're done. This is the photo of the camera that you're using to take a picture of us. Look at that. Uh, I'll take away my rotation, and here we go. And here's a photo of you. And now everything that I'm shooting, so I'll, I'll keep shooting, you know, some ten a row around us, and I'll keep shooting the iFi card. Everything that I'm shooting. So you're tethered. So yeah, everything that I'm shooting right now is coming in. This is my iced tea. But the nice thing is, the photos are coming in in real time, and they're full high res. Each photo, by the way, is 10 megabytes. That's why it's taking a, uh, about three or four seconds to come in. Yeah. I'm shooting so if you had that on JPEG, JPEG low, it would fly in there. Fly. Right? Yeah. But so one one question before I end this is the whole idea of uh, convergence. I guess is a, is a, one of the buzzwords in Silicon Valley that we use, yeah. and it's the whole idea of uh, DSLRs, right? So. In the beginning, there was the DSLR, you know, and then came the point and shoot, and yeah. then came the camera phone. Yeah. And some people are saying that the camera phone is supplanting the point and shoot or killing the point and shoot. It's yeah. going away. So why take the why take the point and shoot with you when you got your your iPhone or your Android device with you? Right. Would it like from putting on your sort of you're sitting sort of at the nexus of what the industry is doing? Yeah. Where do you fall on that? I mean, is that true? Is are the are point and shoots? In other words, are point and shoots going away completely? Okay, so I'll give but you some... But you just bought some, this one, so maybe not. <laughs> yeah, well, so this one actually is kind of um, an interesting camera because it's a point-and-shoot, but it's a really high-end point-and-shoot. It has a really big sensor. Okay. Um, so it's very expensive and compared to point-and-shoot. Sony RX100. RX100, okay. So as a point-and-shoot, it's at the highest end of the point-and-shoots. Mm -hmm. uh, and in fact, it's one of Sony's best-selling cameras. Okay. That, the NEX7, Nikon's cameras, Canon's, you know, you know, Middle of the range cameras are selling really, really well. Yep. Here's here's what's happening to to the, to the camera uh, uh, industry. We started with having uh, point and shoots, and as you mentioned, DSLRs. Yep. People now have a smartphone. They're discovering photography through the smartphone. So they actually take tons of pictures with a smartphone. Yeah. And then what happens is they have a free camera. The camera came with a phone. They actually wanted to buy an iPhone, but they actually got a camera with it. Yeah. Totally awesome. Yeah. It's pretty good camera too. Uh, yes. Absolutely mm -hmm. for outdoor shots. And with a lot of light. With a lot of light. Yeah. The sensor in these cameras is tiny, mm -hmm. and so there's no way to make an, a, you know, an amazing image out of these cameras compared to these real cameras. Yeah. So here's what happens. They're very convenient, but the quality is really, really bad compared to what you can get from a point shoot. So people that have discovered photo and fell in love with it are buying the micro four thirds, the detachable lenses, mirrorless lens uh, cameras, mm -hmm. DSLRs, those are on the rise. Yeah. Those are really, really hugely up, up year over year. Yeah. Point shoots in the US are down year over year because of the smartphones 
but they're not down in other countries where data charges for smartphones is exorbitant. So in the US, we have really cheap data. Right. So people actually are using the, the smartphone for data. Totally awesome. Yep. Uh, other parts of the world, it's very, very different. So point shoots are very, very strong. But in the US and in Europe, DSLRs, Micro Four Thirds, mirrorless, hugely up, they're, they're, beautiful. They're on the incline. Yeah. yeah. And so parents are noticing, hey, we have a smartphone, it's convenient, but for important pictures, we actually want to use a camera, mm -hmm. a real camera, so it can be a high-end point-and-shoot, or yeah. it can be a mirrorless, or a DSLR. Yes. And that's where that's where Mobi is, is focused on, for the people that actually want to have amazing quality, but the convenience of a smartphone and a tablet. I love it. Yeah, and I would argue that, yeah, even, even people in the U.S. that want that, that quality, because like me, using myself as a sample size of one, you know, um, I love my iPhone, I love taking pictures with it, but I'm, I'm kind of getting to that plateau where, man, this, the images that I get out of my OMD are awesome. Phenomenal. And I want, there's that gap of, yeah. okay, I want, I want the ease of being able to share those OMD images yeah. online. Immediately. You know? I, yeah, I want, like, I could take an iPhoto or iPhone shot of you right yeah. now, do some edits to it and Snapseed or Photosynth or whatever, Absolutely. and I can share it immediately. I want that same thing, but yeah. the sensor that's in my own day. Exactly. You know, so and that's what you guys mean. That's cool. That's awesome. cool, man. Well, congratulations. Thank you very that's much. Awesome, totally man. You awesome. got thanks that. Thanks for having me. You got that. You got this cool. thing going, and thanks for bringing this. I'm definitely going to play with this. Awesome, awesome. So, uh, so iFi.com, right, is where you where people <laughs> should go to check this out, or yeah. Amazon, or wherever. Yeah, or i.fi. Uh, they both work. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I.fi. Uh, yeah, EYE.fi. EYE.fi or just or Google Wi-Fi. Yeah, you'll yeah. find it. You guys, you guys own the web. Yeah. Very cool. All right. Well, Ziv Galat, co-founder of iFi, the guys that make this revolutionary device and, like he said, uh, patented device <laughs> that lets you do things that no other devices of its ilk let you do. So thanks, Ziv. Thanks a lot. All right. You're welcome.